0: Kristen, and I'm Jess. And we are Swifties, Swifties Anonymous. Anonymous. Welcome to the Red Edition of Swifties Anonymous. Red Swifties Anonymous edition. <laughs> <laughs> um, so welcome to a new episode, a new album, a new, a new start. Era. A new oh, an entirely new era. Yeah, this is gonna be a, a fun time. We're gonna have a real roller coaster ride of emotions and genres. And try not to gossip about Taylor's personal life too much. I mean, we're going to try. Can you guys let us know? Actually, do you want – do we talk too much about Taylor's personal (sighs) life? Do you want to hear more? Do you want to hear less, more focus on the music? Let us know by visiting SwiftiesAnonymous.com and clicking Contact Us or clicking the link in the episode description. Yes. And – for the listeners at home who can't see, Jess was pointing down like a YouTuber. <laughs> Slap <laughs> that subscribe button. Slap that like button. Hit the subscribe. Comment down below what you think we should do. Please. All the things. Also, me and Kristen are wearing our best stripy shirts and red lipstick. For yeah, us. we're getting really into the spirit of red here. We are. We are so excited. So by way of Swifty News segment, do we have any Swifty News just to start off with? I have one. I, there was something and now I can't think of it. So maybe go ahead. Maybe. So the one I was thinking of was, okay, well, since we record these kind of a week in advance, it's like, it's always old news by the time it comes out. But, um, so this past week or last week, Taylor was in a slight Twitter feud, not really a Twitter feud, but. Oh yes, yes. 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 Yeah. So Damon Albarn known for gorillas and Blur. Um, he insinuated in an interview that Taylor does not write her own songs. Taylor yes. responded on Twitter saying, uh, you're wrong. Like, that's my thing. Yeah. And so he his reply was that he was misquoted and that it was reduced to a headline and clickbait and blah, blah, blah. But... Actually, I looked into the interview and like he he, he said he what he said. He did say what he said. I looked at the interview, too, and he was saying like, oh, she co-writes. It's not the same as writing. Bruh. Hello. We just did Speak Now, where she wrote the entire album on her own. Like, try listening to our podcast, Damon. Yeah. Come, come on. on. Oh, um, What? Yeah. Taylor <laughs> Taylor could have written Song too, but Damon could not have written All Too Well 10 Minutes. <laughs> exactly. I saw that in a tweet, so I stole that. And I don't have their handle to give credit. Sorry. Um, you don't write your own jokes. You only (laughs) write them. Uh, Exactly. What bugged me about it is so the interviewer was asking about his upcoming show where he was playing like stripped down versions of songs, like basically on his own with a piano and like small backing band. And he was saying that it was really nerve wracking to do to you have production to hide behind. And so he was like, who who else does that nowadays? And the interviewer was like, um, Taylor Swift yeah, is known for doing that. And his immediate response is like, she doesn't write her own songs. <laughs> and the interviewer was like, um, actually, yes, she very much does. <laughs> like, are you serious? Yeah, like it's it's a fact. It's not really – like you could say mm-hmm. she doesn't write good songs. I mean, that's Sure, if that's you don't fine. like her music, yeah, that's absolutely fine, whatever. But you can't – that's just a lie. And then he goes on to say, yeah, like you said, like, no – she uses co-writers. I, that's a, There's a difference. Which I think what he was meaning is like singers like, sorry, Queen B, Beyonce has been pretty well known to, um, you know, a song gets written for her and she changes just enough about it to get a songwriting credit. Oh, uh, That has not ever been what Taylor has done. <laughs> no, no. So so then he goes in to say that a songwriter that he loves right now is Billie Eilish, which mm-hmm. and I mean, everyone... Yes, correct. Um, saying that Billy is so much better than Taylor because she writes her own songs or something like that, and it's really weird. Like that is weird. And then goes on to say that she co writes with her brother. Yeah, wait. So, like, <laughs> well, it's family doesn't count. Which is it? I mean, we love Billy. No, absolutely nothing against Billy, but yeah, why would you of pit course. these two? Like, well, she's not like Billy. That is exactly what bugs it's so me. So weird is yeah, pitting these two amazing songwriting women against each other to where like their music is so different (laughs) kind (laughs) of like yeah why put another woman down just to praise another like you can praise both they're doing different things I don't know yeah that is weird I I feel on a feminist rant but it's just it's just weird and uh, it's disappointing and but the worst part to me well not the worst but so of course the militant swifties are attacking him on twitter (sighs) <sighs> my favorite ones. is like the 13 year olds that are like i don't even know who this guy is like that's not, the okay, you're not what you your think kid. it is you're just you know i'm sorry uh, if you don't uh, yeah uh, no uh, yeah well so, that's anyway. that's a fun little fact anyway well let's talk about red let's talk about red the album so i don't even know how to start yeah where about to begin this so I guess to start off with, we are going to be talking about the original, yes. Red and not Taylor's version. We will get to Taylor's version, but when we are going through the songs, we'll obviously be exactly. doing both. But yeah, so the original was released October twenty second, twenty twelve. Wow. So do you remember? Do you remember the Red era? Like, were you there, Swiftie? I was there, kind of, but I had stopped listening to Taylor as much. Yeah. So, um, I think. I- mentioned this probably in our first episode but i remember the hits i remember when i knew you were trouble came out and it was like whoa this is taylor swift taylor's pop now what yeah like (laughs) what um and i remember the memes mainly yeah and then the goat yes yeah and the i think someone put like oprah yelling but that was also oh, the goat yeah. i don't remember I don't, there was a yeah lot. so that was a thing um but i never listened to the album and my friend Brittany, who will be i don't know if we should say this yet but she will hopefully be a guest a special yes. guest at some point oh yeah she- another thing so this is a new new season of swifty's anonymous we're gonna have guests we're gonna have new segments maybe well, a guest we'll see well i mean (laughs) once the first guest rolls in more people are going to be like we want to be a guest i (laughs) have true so if you want to be a guest just write in right anonymous.com uh but yeah (laughs) i remember her texting me at the time and she was just like have you listened to red by taylor swift and i was Mm -hmm. like no she's like you need to listen to the album Mm -hmm. and i just remember at the time being like okay like Right, I, mean, I like Taylor Swift, but okay, it's random. And I don't think I listened to the whole album. I don't know if I probably didn't have Spotify at the time, so I'm like, I'm gonna buy right. this. Yeah, that was a different time of like of music sharing. Yeah, it was it was that weird in between time. I think before I probably had Spotify, or maybe I did. I don't. know. Yeah, there was this weird time where like you know your physical, not really physical, you know, for millennials like us, but you know we had our our music in iTunes, whether we bought it or not, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, there just wasn't streaming wasn't a thing quite yet. It was just maybe starting, Mm -hmm. but it had to be on my iPod still. Yeah, exactly. I think I was still listening to my iPod or whatever at the time. So yeah, I that's one of my biggest regrets (laughs) not not listening to Red and listening to Britney, who is a very wise woman. Right. So what about you though? Did you listen to it (sighs) at the time or so? No, that I didn't even. She wasn't really on my radar. Um, yeah, I remember the singles, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was trying to remember why I didn't know it, and it was because in 2012 I had just met my future husband. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we were dating, and then we ended up getting married the next year. So like you were busy. I was I was busy, and I don't I wasn't really listening to any kind of Taylor content. You weren't in the mood at for all. a breakup at the time. No, yeah. <laughs> i don't think i would have related to most of these songs so and i didn't have a britney to tell me to listen well, to it like no one it because i didn't listen that's yeah you didn't even take the advice come on i'm the worst <laughs> sorry britney so yeah my life wasn't really very taylor-y at this at this time but yeah yeah anyways but as we see as going through this album she uh she had something for everybody so if we would she have really given it a chance did. we would have found oh my something. gosh yeah. I would have cried to this album so many times. Right? Because um, even if you're not going through it, like you can still, you can still appreciate a good breakup song. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I still do. And I'm married. It's like- of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I remember when the, uh, the Sad Girl Autumn version of the 10 minute version of All Too Well dropped and I was listening to it and I saw a comment that was like, what a terrible day to be happily married. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so true. So this, I mean, this is, What a transitional album. For real. Season two of Taylor Swift's career. Yes. So, yeah, because, I mean, people say that this was her first time venturing into pop music. I would say that Speak Now she was starting to as well, but not nearly to this um, level. So this really propelled her to the pop star that we know her today. Yes, for sure. Like, Fearless was country, country pop. Yeah, now was country pop, and this is like pop pop country. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Yeah, there's like a twang sometimes, and it still qualifies. Just a couple, a couple songs like Begin Again, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, she definitely takes a huge step towards adulthood in here. It's definitely gone, or like the fairy tale, completely gone. Yeah, like oh, I'm learning about love, kind of. I mean, she is, but it's like oh, I've already learned and. Dang. Yeah, like, She she grew up. She was kind of forced to grow up between these these two years in between these albums. Yes. Um, so a little bit more in the background. I feel like yeah. I'm being I'm being you right now. No, do it. Please. <laughs> um, so she wanted to experiment with as many genres as she could. And so mm-hmm. she recruited musicians whose work she admired, hoping to learn from them. So some of these musicians included, but not limited to Ed Sharan, Gary Lightbody of Snow Patrol. Oh, yeah. Um, who I forgot about Snow Patrol until I remembered the song Chasing Cars, which if you were breathing in the year 2006, you remember that song. I actually own that album. Are you serious? Yeah. um, Was it good? Someone gave it to me. It was like that and Rock and Tours. And it was like, these are two really (laughs) good albums. And (laughs) I love the Rock and Tours didn't really get into Snow Patrol, but I did own that album. mean, What a good – I mean, Rock and Tours. Are you kidding me? (gasps) Yeah. This is a Rock and Tours podcast now. Jack White, (laughs) please come on. (laughs) I've, I've, okay, go back to what we were saying. Um, but she also collaborated with this writer and producer named Dan Wilson, who I saw the name and I was like, I don't know who that is. But then I clicked on this Wikipedia page. Yeah, I don't know if you remember the song Closing Time by Semisonic. <laughs> no but never heard of it. That's him, that's his band. <laughs> um But he's actually a really prolific songwriter, like okay. besides uh, Did not the know stuff that. with Semisonic. Yeah, me either. So he's worked with the Dixie Chicks, I mean, now called the Chicks. He's written for Adele. Wow. um, Carol King. What in the world? Tom Tom Morello, which very random. Fantagram, Leon Bridges, Noah Cyrus, Cold War Kids. That's just a few of like the most random ones that I found on the list. But his his Wikipedia article is insane. So that's awesome. His writing credits are insane. So uh, that was one that she collaborated with. That's very interesting. Yeah. And then, okay, notably... Are we ready to get into some Max Martin? <laughs> okay. So so before you get into Max Martin, I have a little aside about this that kind Kay. of leads up to it. So yes. And I don't know if you found something similar in your research, but <clears throat> apparently it took a couple years to write this album. Okay. And after the first year, I guess after Speak Now, she had written and produced the songs with Nathan Chapman, um, the same as she always had done. And then mm-hmm. her, lab- her label told her her record was finished. Like, all right, you guys are done. We're ready for the record. And then she said, no, I don't think we are. And she said, I think it's good, but not different enough. So she wanted to do something different, which led to her collaborating with Max Martin and all these other people. Um, She wanted to experiment more and get out of her comfort zone. And that was just, I mean, I think that was Taylor's way of, I think we'll probably get into it further in the notes too, but that was kind of her way of trying to continue to diversify and not, you know, this is her fourth album. It's like, you got to keep doing something new and fun for people to be interested in you or, you know, you're just going to fade into the background. And she's very smart. Yeah, that, that so, wow. Anyway. Yeah, that's a really fun fact. Um, I guess but, I should I mean, save that for the fun facts. But <laughs> no, no, that fit perfectly. Yeah, for her label to tell her that it was done and that she could have just released like Fearless Two. Yeah, I mean, or <laughs> Speak I Now think, Two or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So for her to w- want to diversify like, hold and, and work on something else. Yeah, man. Good thing she did. Right. So anyway, go off about Max Martin. Okay, so <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with Max Martin. Um, Or if you think you're unfamiliar with Max Martin, I assure you, you are familiar with Max Martin. Um, Definitely. Are you familiar with the song I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys? That's our boy Max. Um, Oops, I Did It Again, Hit Me Baby One More Time, Britney Spears. All the classics. Yeah, so he he is pop music, basically. Is he Swedish? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so... um, Oh, yeah. So for more information about <laughs> why Swedish music is the way that it is, this is pop on Netflix. It's like a anthology series of documentaries. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, please uh, sponsor us, Netflix. Yeah, Netflix, please. Oh, wow. That's a big ask. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, here's a fun fact about Max Martin that just like oh, is insane. So he's tied with George Martin for most number one songs as a producer. That's George Martin, the fifth Beatle, not George R. R. Martin, the fantasy oh, writer. <laughs> OK, I was confused. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. And then he has the third most number one singles behind only Sir Paul McCartney and John wow. Lennon. Wow. Wow. So dude is prolific, to say the least. Yeah. Um. So... I mean, he knows how to write pop music. That is for yes. sure. And they go into this a little bit. Well, uh, they go into it more um, in the documentary. But why do the best producers come from Sweden? We don't really know. But I mean, yeah. um, they invented so, ABBA. Uh, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so Max was the protege of Dennis Pop, the original like Swedish producer who made ABBA, basically. And you'll learn that on the documentary, which is required watching for listeners. So apparently, um, (laughs) but it's like in Sweden, they don't like to talk about their accomplishments and like brag. So it's almost like humility is a a neat little thing that you can have that makes you important. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so yeah. And uh, also Shellback worked on the album who is a protege of Max. So, Mm -hmm. um, yes. So there's your pop influence there. Yeah. Which some people, um, I was just reading some reviews on this album and some people had problems with those songs. They did not like them at all. They were like, if Shellback wouldn't have touched the album, Mark- <laughs> yeah, Martin, whatever, like yeah. they would have just, Max Martin, can't say his name, almost called him Mark Martin. What's wrong with me? <laughs> the NASCAR driver? Yeah. Yeah. So Mark Martin, number six NASCAR driver, Had to keep that country in there. Um, but yeah. So very interesting though. And, they, and I, they, I think they collaborated later too with them. Um, like na- 1989 and stuff. Yeah, so, so uh, 1989 for sure. And Max Martin made Reputation oh, Okay, the way that all it right. is. And all so right. to get into a little... Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> Don't get started on Reputation yet, Chris. No, I'm just... I'm very, very worried about the re-record. And here's oh. what I'm hoping happens. I hope that she's able to buy back her masters. She does speak now in 1989 Taylor's version. They're great. As long as 1989 is perfect, we're all going to be happy. I hope that she can get her master's back, and then she she doesn't have to redo Reputation, and maybe she can just keep debut as it is, too. I mean... Is that would, is that going to happen? I mean, is that a possibility? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm like, just, at this point, I feel like that ship has sailed. So will Max Martin not come back? So he didn't come back for Taylor's version of Red. I wonder why. Do we know why? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows why, but... Hmm. Um, I feel like we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. About some of the changes, but all right. Anyway, well, back to this album of back Red. To the <laughs> album. <laughs> okay, so some more background, unless you were are you done? I think with I'm your... done ranting about Max Martin for okay. now. I think we'll we'll, we'll come, come, back come back to back that eventually. So the reason the album is named Red, I found this interesting. This is what she said. She said, All the different emotions that are written about on this album are all pretty much about the kind of tumultuous, crazy, insane, intense, semi-toxic relationships that I've experienced in the last two years. All those emotions spanning from intense love, intense frustration, jealousy, confusion, all of that, in my mind, all those emotions are red. You know, there's nothing in between. There's nothing beige about any of those feelings. So true. So true. I mean, she nails it. Yeah. Yeah, so some people have had problems, too, with about how the album isn't sonically cohesive. It's all over the place. Yeah. But that was a style choice. She wanted to represent... Like the ups and downs of love, all these different emotions, even though they're they're different, they're all very intense. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, people yeah. really weren't big into, um, you know, how up and down it is. But it's like that's that's the relationship that's, she was dealing so with. And let her experiment. Yeah, you know, letters. So sure. to go along with that, I did find a little snippet. I hope I'm not stepping on anything. You're you no, know, go ahead. About. But so Please. it was promoted as a country album. Okay, Even though, big like, mistake. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's hotly debated whether or not it should be considered country, which, okay, correct. But her response was, country music feels like home to me. And this is just quoted in part, so it's paraphrased, I'm sure. But she said, I'll leave the genre labeling to other people. So, yeah, that's, 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 that's fair. fine. Yeah, because it's really probably like her label and whatever that like, promoted it as a country album instead of it's not like she necessarily yeah gets to choose where it goes yeah and it's funny if you think about some of these songs being on country radio like yeah i was (laughs) country music fans were probably like what in the world is this yeah like um we are never getting back together i can't imagine that was the lead single right i think and yeah it was released on country radio and it's like i cannot um, imagine but Mm-mm. I guess at the beginning the doodle do 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 could potentially be—it's kind of twangy. But besides that, I don't see any country. <laughs> yeah, no. Um. Well, maybe we should talk about the the liner notes. <sighs> did you the read liner, the liner notes? Th- I did, and yeah, they were a lot. <laughs> they were two two hard hitting paragraphs, and I love how she said um, that poem where it says, love is so short, forgetting is so long. And she used that at the beginning of the short film. Yes. It's perfect. Yeah, that's amazing. So if anyone, any of our listeners have not read the liner notes, we're not going to read them out loud to you here because it's a lot of words, but you you should look them up. We'll link them in the description. Oh, there you go. Perfect. How's that? Perfect. There we go. Yeah. I'm going to use that description box to trick people into accidentally emailing us. Oops. Uh, Oops, accidentally emailed you guys the liner notes. So one thing that Um, stuck uh, out to me Especially was um, The sentence where she says And there's something to be proud of about moving on And realizing that real love shines golden like starlight And doesn't fade or spontaneously combust uh, Yes And she explores that more Later in her songwriting as we know Yes Even more And I also love how she ended it by saying Maybe I'll write a whole album about that kind of love If I ever find it spoiler alert and Tate. she did she does you she do. finds it and she writes it she finds <laughs> she it do. she writes it several times she do yeah Girl. i mean lover okay. is probably like the one but i guess reputation also but repu- people think that reputation is all about vengeance but look at the no, love songs no. no you're right it does have there's definitely well we'll get into it yeah but i know um, it's like it's hard to to stay focused when i'm too excited about this whole discography i know so, so, yeah, this it, great liner notes, but I mean, yeah, it's perfect. Perfect description. It's yes. just such a like a transition album in so many ways, like musically, really um, like her and on the precipice her of adulthood. Life. Yes. Yeah. Like experiencing relationships. This album was at least in part inspired by Joni Mitchell's album Blue, um, which if you're not familiar with that album, please get familiar with it because it's seriously one of the best albums of all time. It came out in 1971. This was kind of the original, like, confessional singer-songwriter breakup album. So every singer-songwriter that you listen to today was inspired by Joni Mitchell. And that is... Period. Period. With a T at the end, as they say on Twitter <laughs> or whatever. So even just the album art... <laughs> yes. If you look at them, it's literally... Yes. So, and uh, Taylor has said that Blue is one of her favorite albums of all time. Yes. Of course, because she is a, um, a human being. So... Um, <laughs> So Joni kind of was the tailor of her day as far as like her public life was kind of scrutinized. And she had a number of famous exes that she wrote about. I did not know this. So just to name a few of her very famous exes, Leonard Cohen, David Crosby, Graham Nash. And I don't know if they dated, but Stephen Stills did play guitar on um, Blue. So we've got at least a Crosby, a Still, and a Nash wow um james taylor famously um wow jaco pastorius um and there's more but um i can't i don't want to like make a huge list but those are the ones that stuck out to me edit that out but yeah no (laughs) i was about to say got a long list of ex-lovers i did not know that about joni mitchell yeah so, so that's cool yeah it seems like a lot of the songs on blue are about james taylor with a few being about Graham Nash. So I made the comparison that James Taylor was Joni's Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm, for all we're, intents we're and purposes. Breaking the Jake Gyllenhaal name already, huh? Breaking <laughs> that ice. Let's just break we'll it get ice. Into that ice. I made yeah. it up. Uh, James Taylor is also Taylor's namesake. Whoa. Taylor was named after James Taylor. Full circle. So, full circle moment, boys. But anyway, one more little thing. I like it. um, This is a quote from Joni Mitchell in 1979. She said, The Blue album, there's hardly a dishonest note in the vocals. At that period of my life, I had no personal defenses. I felt like a cellophane wrapper on a pack of cigarettes. I felt like I had absolutely no secrets from the world and I couldn't pretend in my life to be strong or to be happy. But the advantage of it in the music was that there was no defenses there either. Which... Sounds Sounds so, so Taylor Familiar, yeah Yeah, because she was so, uh, yeah, the confessional Like, uh, nothing is hidden She just Mm -hmm. puts it all out there And to have, like, a crazy best-selling album That's basically your diary Yep, yep And maybe you already said this, but both women were in their 20s When they released the record And both, obviously, were named after the colors of the emotions they were dealing with So, pretty good parallel Which, I mean, yeah, in the album artwork, like you said So, (laughs) Um. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And yeah, I was gonna ask, do you think this is Taylor's most vulnerable album <sighs> uh, to this point? I feel Up like to this point, probably. Yeah, I think so too. Because I mean, she was really revealing on Speak Now for sure, but I don't know. She just really puts it all out on the line here. Yeah, I feel like too. There's a little bit more of like her teaching in this. Yeah, instead of her learning like yeah true kind of interesting but um okay i better okay before we before we go any further okay we said the jake gyllenhaal words so we did so there's a little word of the day (laughs) it's the bad word of the day no um i don't know if this is fun fact or more background but (sighs) the red album was based around one particular romance which ended badly Hmm. so swift was surprised to receive a phone call from the ex in question after he heard the tracks she told New York Magazine, I heard from the guy that most of Red is about. He was like, I just listened to the album, and that was a really bittersweet experience for me. It was like going through a photo album. That was nice, nicer than like the ranting, crazy emails I got from this one dude. <laughs> hmm. Who could that be? <laughs> John Mayer. <laughs> um, Why? And especially the email. Yeah. For some I know. reason, that sticks out. <laughs> it does. Um, it's a lot more mature way of looking at love. A ad I love that was wonderful until it was terrible and both people got hurt from it but one of those people happened to be a songwriter so what are you going to do did you not wikipedia me before you called me up for a date there it is that part cracked like, me up right but yeah expecting a writer to not write about you sorry friend yeah but you know you you're getting your into engraved. that's kind of her whole thing like don't break it with me or I'm going to write a song about you right or, or yeah so I mean at least he dealt with it a lot more mature I mean obviously we're yeah. going to get more into Jake and Whatever, but yeah, John Mayer is still kind of seems like the worst, right <laughs> uh okay, so another well, fun fact yes, uh, Rolling Stone ranked red at number ninety nine on their revised list of the five hundred greatest albums of all time. that's pretty cool that's it, yeah, that's a that's fair, that's a wild list of five hundred albums, oh, so I guess that kind of goes along with critical reception because I had a little yeah uh thing here so it got a nine out of ten on pitchfork yes um, t- chill out guys like because this is one of those ones that was retroactively reviewed yes um after folklore right uh no so it was oh. um probably around 2015-ish because it oh, was when right. um it was after 1989 in ryan adams yes yeah 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 so oh okay so i guess i have to say this so oh sorry when yeah. ryan adams did cover did the cover version of 1989 pitchfork reviewed it and people were like why would you not review the original and so then they decided to review all her albums which whatever so it was it's so pitchfork to jump on the taylor love bandwagon when she was still in the public's good graces so it seems it just it's exactly something they would do because like they wouldn't have given it a nine if they reviewed it when it came out come on um and then of course like when her reputation took a nosedive and everyone hated her and then she released Reputation, they jumped on the Taylor Hate bandwagon. So, you know, whatever's convenient, <laughs> yeah. they will do. And I mean, did is Red still the top rated album on their site of Taylors, or did folklore and evermore beat that out? I feel That's like, a good question. I don't I think know. folklore may have. I feel like Evermore was like an 8.9 yeah, or something. But yeah, I think folklore may have finally. Uh, I should like, look this up. Who know. cares about Pitchfork? Whatever. Right? It's like <laughs> it, used to be, it, it used to be slightly more like, I don't know. Not that I would base my music taste around everything that they liked, but it was a pretty good – it used to be a pretty good way to gauge whether yeah. you were going to like something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I only listen to uh, Ian Cohen's reviews because he's the only one who can write on that site if he even still works there. Come on the show. Mm. <laughs> so well, I guess this kind of goes along with what you were saying. It did not win album of the year at the Grammys, right? However, <laughs> it lost to the one album that I would let it—I would be happy with it losing to because it's so good. Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. But I do remember uh, watching a video from that time where they're announcing album the Grammy goes to, and they—they they didn't like drag out the R, but. Taylor's family like stood up and started clapping. Oh, it was pretty cringe. Like Taylor didn't, but like her, yeah, everyone else did, and they said, "Random access memories." <laughs> Sad, <laughs> pretty awkward, but yeah. I mean, what can you do if you're going up against other great albums? Right, Sometimes it's just bad timing. Is there any other um, reviews you wanted to mention or anything? <sighs> no, that was t- pretty t- much it. Okay, well oh here's a fun fact I actually didn't write it down oh. on here but it originally was 30 songs wow yeah i mean as we kind of know now but so swift trimmed those 30 down to 16 and the end result was her most sprawling uninhibited work an album whose messy sonic contradictions anchored the emotionally chaotic story swift was trying to tell which we kind of talked about this already but she said it was sort of a metaphor for how messy a real breakup is and this is my only true breakup album said swift Wow. I love Jackson Pollock, and I see this album as my splatter paint album, using all the colors and throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks. I mean, go for it, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, she's she's. I found a couple interviews. Evan just brought me a cocktail. I, I think at one thirty. Can love it. Can you mail her one too? Yeah. Can I have one? I would, I would love to. <laughs> no, that's all right. Because I'm gonna uh, get weird. Yeah. Hmm well i'll just talk while you take your sip um so she said i found many quotes of her talking about how like the album doesn't seem cohesive and stuff but um she said another one she said i'm 22 i'm all over the place so my record is all over the place part of this record is acknowledging that all these emotions are very loud and very different from one another at the end of the spectrum you have sad beautiful tragic which is a breakup song in the form of a funeral march and you also have Never, ever getting back together again, which is a breakup song in the form of a parade. <laughs> okay, not not never, ever getting back together again. Never, ever getting back to together <laughs> again. Which, uh, yeah, anyway, I said that all jumbled up. But yeah, so anyone who says this album isn't cohesive, I there's mean, a reason. Exactly, and yeah, she's 22. Like, of course, let her experiment. She's trying to find yeah. her sound. I mean, I don't know about so, you. I don't know about you, but when I listen to this album, I feel 22. Um, so I was trying to figure out what Bjork album this oh, could yeah. coincide with. And it's like, I don't know, maybe Volta, just because of the aesthetics. And Volta's pretty all over the place too. And she collaborated with Timbaland of all people on that what one. So in the world? is it a breakup album? I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's probably my least listened Bjork album, honestly. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Well, last one last thing before we move on to Taylor's yes. version is something else I enjoyed. Was when it came time to decide the track order, Taylor said she only had the starting point of State of Grace and Begin Again <sighs> as the book ends. Are you kidding? With like perfect, perfect. <laughs> this album, I'm just gonna say it now, has the best album opener and probably the best album closer. I'm a little on the fence about that one. Yeah, for some reason, Begin Again. Is a weird closer to me, but it works. It's like a cliffhanger, exactly. It's it's. I mean, well, clean is probably my favorite <sighs> out of all the yeah, album closers, but I know. but this is also amazing, and it is but the perfect State choice. Of Grace, what? Oh my god! I mean, we'll get into it next episode, but like, I mean, are you? Yeah, that's true. Like, how do you? How? What better way? <sighs> there to is open? no. Like, there she is just no better way. She just, she just does it. And you know what? Her career basically began again with this album. <sighs> Full circle. I mean, her pop, her pop career. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? I don't know. Do you want to take a quick break and then we can talk about Taylor's version? Oh, sure. And finish sure. it up? Sure. Welcome back, Swifties. Welcome back, Swifties. <laughs> uh, are we really back? Are we really back? I think well, we are. Okay, yeah, let's, let's say that we're about, back. Let's talk about red Taylor's version. So, red, parentheses, Taylor's version. Was- Announced, actually, this is a lie. So I thought that Taylor's version was announced on the 40th anniversary of Joni Mitchell's Blue, which came oh. out June 22nd, but it was announced like a few days before. Oh, uh, that would have been so perfect. Wouldn't that have believe- been amazing? Another full circle moment. Maybe it just got leaked a little bit early. So she's like, oh, I better go ahead and announce it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, did I already say when it was released? I don't think you did. Oh, okay. Well, it was released November 12, 2021. I remember that day. Me too. <laughs> for some reason she released it a week early yeah we still never oh wait i think i know why why so adele's album came out the next week and i think she didn't want to compete with adele because that's nice of her well it's nice of her but also like no one wants to compete with adele well yeah (laughs) just as far as charts yeah yeah rightfully so yeah so yeah, read Taylor's version. So again, Nathan Chapman, the producer for the original or the main, you know, producer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was not included on Taylor's version and said it was Christopher Rowe who did Fearless Taylor's version. Okay. Um, so he did a good job. Yeah. Um, and also it like broke a ton of records. It broke Spotify's record for the most streamed album in a day by a female artist On the day it was released, and then also she broke the record as the most streamed female in a single day. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, imagine the hype generated. Can we just talk about how much of a marketing genius she is? She really is. Even just the re-recording process, like, think about us. Like, we missed the original Red Era. Now we get to experience it all over again. But she created it again. Yes. So, like, people who were Swifties at the time, they get hit with all that nostalgia. 10 years later mm-hmm. and they're like oh mm-hmm. wow okay we're we're back in 2012 but then people like us who missed it get to experience for the first time like 10 years later and so genius to get me so excited for an album that i did not appreciate before it was perfect yeah and i i mean I, I think even before taylor's version released going back like red was probably the best taylor album i think other than folklore and Evermore. but yeah so I, I this even just excelled even further. Yeah. And like I listened to it a bunch when it was announced. Like I went back and listened to Red so that I would mm-hmm. be prepared. But then I was like, well, I don't want to burn myself out on it before it, you know, it comes out. Yeah. But uh, I managed to not do that, even though I listened to it. I was Still like, I don't care. Out. There was one day where we were going up for a hike in the mountains and it was like the perfect fall day. Like leaves were at their peak. And oh. I was like, why is Taylor's version not out right now? Cuz it was like late October. But I was still like, okay, I have to blast Red in the car the whole way up. Got and, to. And it was it's a, such a great driving album too. It is. Especially the song Red. I have played that so many times in the car, Evan is very <laughs> tired of it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um so, was the was it the original 30 tracks you think that she cut down do you, or do you think something got changed through the years or what do you think about that i don't understand the question <laughs>
1: okay i mean me rephrase i think it. so
0: these 30 the 30 yeah, tracks so it was that originally yeah it was supposed to be originally 30 tracks so do you think this was the original album unedited like or do you think things have changed i think some things would have had to be changed okay and like some of the songs like Ronan. That wouldn't have been oh, well, original. That's true. That's true. And but, then the ones she wrote for, like, um, like Babe and Better Man, those and, could have still been written around the time, but then didn't really fit her style, and so she, you know, true. she gave, gave them, them away in. or sold. I'm sure she sold them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but she's I think a there probably woman. still are some that you know will never be released. Yeah, do you think that's, that's probably possible? true? I agree. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about Ron, and obviously that wasn't one. Yeah, I mean, All Too Well 10 minute version probably wasn't a separate track originally either. No. So, yeah, I wonder what happened to this. Yeah. We'll never know. So there's probably some still in the vault. Which, okay, not to jump ahead too far to the vault tracks, but... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They're so good. (laughs) They are so good. So the vault tracks from Fearless really felt like they were obviously cut from the album. Like, Mm -hmm. they're just kind of there... Yeah, they didn't. There's nothing super special about them that like none of them really stood out except for Mr. Perfectly Fine. Right. And even then, it's like, it's good, but it's like, meh. so the album did not feel lacking, you know, missing no. those songs and neither did Red, which is insane to me that she wrote all these other songs that were cut. I know. And now here we are being able to enjoy them. We're like, why were these cut? <laughs> I know. I know. You know it's what crazy. I mean? They're so good. The quality is insane. There's not a track. There's not a vault track that I don't like. And they're yeah. so different. Yes. Like, they're so different styles, so many different styles mixed in there. Yeah. Which maybe that got added later with the production or whatever, but still. Oh, definitely. I think they're they're not, you know, that's not what she wrote. Yeah. You know, in 2011 and 12. Like, you know, I think there sure. are some tweaks, but yeah. And now to think that she has the freedom to be able to release these older songs the way that she wants to without the pressure of her label and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just, it sounds really fun, honestly. Yeah. To revisit old songs, but with a new perspective and specifically nothing new. <sighs> so she gets some features on these. So we've got Chris Stapleton and Pee Bridge. <laughs> Ed Sheeran as again. As we call her. And yeah, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I can never pronounce his name. That's clearly Sheeran. The very first night <sighs> is the perfect segue to 1989. I just need to say that. I totally agree. In In like... Also, it's about Harry Styles. Ooh. I don't care what anyone says. So uh, I didn't even think about that. It's definitely the perfect segue in two ways. Yes. yeah, I, oh, I like that. Oh. Um. so since you are talking ooh, okay, no. I'm excited. <laughs> we'll so get to it later when we talk about the song. So on Wikipedia, it says, babe is a ska pop song with slide guitar keys and percussion like you can't just call any song with horns ska it is not ska there is no "Mm mm mm are you kidding me no wikipedia be whiling with their i don't know the way they describe songs it is annotated like it there is a citation but i didn't look at it because i'm like oh no you're no whoever said that is making stuff up um so what do you think about the differences as far as like the the original track list. Well, I wanted to ask you that because I feel like you have a lot more to say than me. I feel like similar to Fearless Taylor's version, I feel like the production is a lot more crisp and it's clear. It it sounds really good, and of course her voice is insane. Yeah, um, her voice. There is are some true. like some little differences that I think, especially people that have the original album like completely memorized front to back. Oh, yeah. That are going to be glaring. For example, for me, the drums in State of Grace are different in oh, the beginning. Okay. And it it bugged me a lot at first, and now I'm used to them, so it's fine. And I'm sure that's going to happen with the rest. Yeah, I need to go back and listen to the uh, original again. Yeah, so I did that yesterday. I played a few that stood out to me as different, mm-hmm. kind of back-to-back to see how glaringly different they are. And they, they're not bad, I realized. At first, I thought it was bad. But now I realize it's not. It's just different. And you get used to it when you start memorizing this album the way that you memorize the original. So everyone needs to calm down. I've just seen a lot of comments about how it sounds different and sounds worse. And I'm like, it's not. It's not worse. Wow. No. At first, I thought it was, but it's not. Um, The one thing that is different and in a worse way is the lack of Max Martin. Yeah. I wonder (sighs) why. Something about the way the pop songs sound, they're not as... They don't hit the same that the Mac mm. songs do. Even though Shellback is the one that took over on production on those. And he is supposed to be his protege. It's just there's something different. If you listen to We Are Never Getting Back Together, mm-hmm. the we. The we. Yeah. It's like pitched up instead of just being we. It's like <laughs> we. <laughs> and it's not right. I, and I don't like it. I do notice a little bit in the we. <laughs> Yeah, um, we. Yeah, I. I don't. I don't listen to that song enough for it to like super bug me. But um, it's it's the one glaring difference to me personally. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I. I have noticed that for sure. But I will. I'll give it a pass because it seems like they worked so hard on these vault songs that it's like if they spent all this time on vault songs and they didn't have time to make everything exactly perfect for the original track list, then fine. Because oh, at well. least we got these vault tracks. Yeah. If you hate it that much, listen to the original. Taylor's not losing sleep over it, yeah. Honestly, (laughs) so that's my rant. The end. (laughs) And so we also had, didn't we have? um, Yeah, Aaron Desner and Jack Antonoff on the vault tracks or some of them. So that's cool. Are we going to talk about nothing new some more? (laughs) Um, I (laughs) not that I have anything new to say, just that it's amazing. you yeah, have nothing new to say, but I feel like, did you say that we need an entire Phoebe Bridgers Taylor Swift album produced by Aaron Dessner? You said this, right? Did I say that? It sounds like something I would say, and I agree. Yes, I, I think I agree with that too. I so. think that is everything we've all needed. It's so good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say other than, man, did All Too Well 10 Minute Version just exceed expectations? How did she do that? It's so good. And I can't listen to it too much because I don't I don't want to like ruin the magic, you know, when you overplay Mm -hmm. something. So I've been trying to listen to it just enough. So the other day I was like chilling on the couch and playing Animal Crossing. And I was like, I need some background music. So I just put on Red Taylor's version and I listened to the whole thing straight through, Mm -hmm. which is so long. It is. Um, And then I got to the end and I was listening to All Too Well 10 minute and I'm like, I could use another 10 minutes of this. So then I put on the sad girl autumn version and it's this it's the quickest 10 minutes I've really ever is. lived in my life. Yeah. <laughs> the quickest 10 minutes I ever lived in my life. Like, I don't know if anyone else does this, but like at work sometimes if I know I'm leaving at a certain time and I look at the clock and it's like four o'clock and I'm leaving at five, mm-hmm. like I'll be like, oh, that's only 10 minutes, you know, this many times. So could you just play the 10-minute version in your head? That's only five 10-minute versions of what yeah. you well. Yeah. That's how I gauge all my time. That's how I measure time as well. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Ever since uh, November 12th, 2021, that's how I measure time. So I have a question for you. <sighs> Ask me the question. What is your favorite and least favorite song on the original album as of right now before we've discussed the album? Uh, and let's, let's not count Vault Tracks, I guess. Okay. Or maybe we can do the Vault Tracks, too, separately. I don't know. Um, it is insanely hard to pick a favorite. I just realized. It is. Okay, so my favorite before really diving in. Um, Holy Ground. Okay. That was just off the top of my head. like. And least favorite? Least favorite? Stay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, on Taylor's version... Her vocal is much better, and it makes it tolerable. She's not doing that annoying thing with her voice anymore. Yeah, less of the accent. Yeah, they they almost like had to throw that in there to keep it country enough to be labeled or country or something. Yeah. yeah, that is the track that belongs on Speak Now. Ooh. Before I really knew Red that well, I always thought Stay, Stay, Stay was on Speak Now. Like, <laughs> I, if you would have asked me on the street, yeah. which apparently a lot of people in my brain just ask me going to ask questions you, on the, on you better streets. be prepared because if you are walking down the street and someone asks you what song from Red belongs on Speak Now, you're going to know the answer. So, what's your favorite? I just want to know now. What's your favorite Vault track other than nothing new? Oh, I know that's it's not nothing fair. new. I know it's nothing new. <sighs> if you just off the top of your head. Now, are we not counting all too well 10 minute well that would all that's another obvious okay fine um, so let's just try another yeah why not maybe forever winter okay even that's though it like legitimately it's it so makes sad. me like cry yeah because it's well, one of those the best. Uh, i mean we'll get into it when we get there but yeah it's one of those ones that's super upbeat if you're not listening to the lyrics and you're like oh yeah. yeah fun blah 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 and then you're like oh my god you my listen heart, to the lyrics you're soul. like okay well i've been my heart's been stepped on and i'm crying now so okay what yes. about you okay so favorite on the original album i mean all too well is my favorite song ever so i guess other than all too well right yeah that's why i didn't pick it because yeah that's yeah uh, obvious uh i mean begin again i love begin again yeah oh gosh it's so great and, and you it warms was so crazy it about like begin again is like also one of my favorites of all time but, like, because Red is so, like, the track list is so stacked, I honestly for- is. forgot about it when I was looking at the track list just now to pick yeah. my favorite. Isn't that bad? <laughs> yeah. It happens when there's so many good things. So, favorite vault track? Okay, so favorite oh, vault Oh, wait. Track. Least favorite. Oh, Sorry. least favorite. Okay, so... Ugh, I feel like people are going to hate me for this. Um, Last time... It- always is a skipper for me. Even though if I if I force myself to listen to it, Taylor's vocals sounds so good. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm enjoying it, but a lot of times I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Cause last time when I was listening to it that day on the couch when I was playing Animal Crossing, um, I wanted to skip it, but I was like, no, we're gonna I'm gonna have to listen to this for the podcast. So let's listen to it. And yeah, yeah I really don't like it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well we'll see. Maybe once we discuss it, maybe I'll I'll appreciate it's it. It's just a worse exile, guys yeah well there's if, that if i'm gonna try to listen to the last time i'm i'm just gonna listen to exile instead yeah <laughs> um so favorite vault track yeah is okay other than nothing new and all too Well 10 minute version i don't know like <laughs> the very first night i just love that song it is so yeah no that's a good one too both of the dance pop songs message in a bottle and the very first night are just absolute bops to me they are yes i love the bop yeah Okay, how do you feel about so to use kind of a, I don't know, Twitter or TikTok term, I don't know. What do you think about um can I get your thoughts on the yassification of Girl at Home? So explain what you mean. <laughs> okay, Girl at ahead. Home on the original not really the original, the deluxe edition, uh-huh. did not sound anything like the way it sounds on the new version. Okay, how did it Okay, so it was I can't a, ask It was how did actually it sound, a but... demo. So the fact that she okay. reworked it makes total sense because it was always a demo. Yeah. So it was redone and reproduced Completely. and remixed and it sounds totally different. And people have been calling it the yassification. Like, <laughs> yass. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny because the first few times that I listened to this album, I was like, is this Is this like a ball track or like I didn't recognize no, it, just it a rework. that well. And so. I, I okay. love that she did that. Some people hated it. But... I don't think that song was that great to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I think it works. And so for her to take a different direction, like, please, by all means. Because now it's – I find it stuck in my head a lot. And I'm like, you've got a girl at home and everybody knows that. I'm like, what am I singing? Oh, it's this weird song that has a weird message. Yeah, I I, (laughs) – I It's a a weird message. (laughs) It is a bop. I do like it. Yeah. You know what is a – oh, my gosh. I can't. Come Back Be Here is a bop the end. Why is it such a bug? I don't know. It's, uh, there's like crack in that song. They put crack cocaine in the Taylor songs. <laughs> they do. All of them. But especially that one. Conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's one that's so like, it's pretty cliche and like she's written the song a hundred times and yet the, it slaps. It's the longing in her voice or something. I don't it's know. true. Look, I don't want to talk too much about it because I need to save stuff. But I don't anyway. know. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be repeating ourselves, but yeah. I'm so glad we're having this conversation right now. And I'm screaming. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I th- is there anything else we want to say about Red as a whole? I don't. I think I've ranted about everything I could possibly rant about. Yeah. And we'll I mean, have much more time for ranting when we get deep into these songs. Yes. All right. I'm excited um, so I guess yeah. next time we'll do the first two songs yeah so next time we will talk about State of Grace and Red the title track and it's gonna be a blast and we're gonna scream the whole time so I hope you have a volume limiter on your headphones or whatever I need to buy, go out and what in the world am I ever talking about buy some more red lipstick and striped shirts <laughs> Every every time we record we have to be <laughs> in costume because everyone can see us yep So, is that all we got? Swifties out. Swifties out.